Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Vigilant Guitars. Vigilant is a really rad company based in Victoria, BC, Canada, and they're making some of the world's coolest multi-scale extended range guitars and basses, all custom ordered. You want it, they'll do it. Not just the weird stuff, you just want a sick six string shred machine, it's done. Trevor is making some of the hippest stuff out there, and he's doing it using all of the most environmentally friendly processes and lumbers that he can. Heck, he often harvests his own lumber, but if he can't do that, he gets it from ethical sources. He's happy to use modern parts and modern techniques like LED lighting, rock light, carbon fiber, all sorts of cool stuff. So if you're looking for something awesome, check out Vigilant Guitars. cheesy and easy squeezy it's a sweet sweet episode of the cultured guitarist casper don't be shaking your head at me oh man like we had one bad thing we start the show with now we have two yeah it's terrible <laughs> it's awesome <laughs> my name is lord epicus mchandsome al <laughs> epicus. with me is lord caspius von loin shredder casper <laughs> What's wrong? With you? Oh no! Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Gary. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and our guest this week from Partcaster Concierge, High Lord Gary Von Sexmaster Cooper. <laughs> what, are, what are you doing to me, Al? Uh, this, <laughs> this is all Casper's fault. He said the nickname had to start with Lord, oh, and I ran with it. I, uh, okay. Right off a cliff, sir. Right off. Right off a cliff. Listen, I, I, all I, okay. The really worrying name here is Casper's, because all I did was compliment your apparent sex mastery and my mm-hmm. handsomeness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, He's shredding loins over there. Casper's shredding. shredding loins. <laughs> my good. Actually, God, this is, just... is, is, is going to be an extra level of uh, in-joke for one of our listeners named Joseph. Mm-hmm. Who's out there, and I know he listens to, if not every episode, almost every episode. And he's an old friend. He used to work at Blockbuster Video. Oh, yeah. That's a good job. <laughs> yeah. And I used to go into Blockbuster with my ex and and uh, rent movies from, from him all the time on Fridays and weekends. And uh, then when I was divorced, I used to go in and rent video games and sadness uh, from him. And <laughs> 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 anyway. His Instagram handle involves the loin shredder. There you go. Part of his Instagram handle, so I, I took inspiration from him. Anyways, I thought they were great nicknames. They made me laugh. I mean, uh, they were nicknames. They were they were that. <laughs> Gary, I thought you were cool, man. You're already against me. <laughs> so listen, listen, we're it, two on one here. Like you, you, you're you're failing. That was those were awesome. <laughs> Okay. You were you were dying of laughter in your seat. I saw it. Shock, more like. <laughs> <laughs> these are I, I'm these are these are my favorite nicknames ever. Well, you better add them to the spreadsheet. <laughs> 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 oh, 
write them down somewhere. Yeah, no, yeah. A, a, a friend of the show actually <laughs> went true. through the trouble of listening to every episode again and making a spreadsheet of all the nicknames yeah. from start to finish. Every nickname for myself, for Al, and for the guest. She got that up into like the early seventies, right? Yeah, she made it into seventy-one, seventy-two. Yeah, so we've we've got them all. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was kind of shocking, actually. We got an email about it. So I was like, though. here, try, check this out. <laughs> it's, it's like, it w- it's what I imagine it would be like if I were like John Lennon and somebody showed me my Wikipedia page. I'd be like, wow, I'm so awesome. That's I'm going to be honored was. to see my sex mastery on the list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> This is pure gold. My grandma will probably listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to send this to all my Mormon relatives. Yeah. (laughs) Really conservative ones. Uh, um, Okay. All right. (laughs) I guess that that apple fell a long way, right? Yeah. I'm not the Mormon they hoped I'd be. uh, I'll admit that much. Um, Okay. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, Okay. So, okay. Breathing is good. Let's kick it off. Let's get into it, man. Gary. You sound like you're doing awesome. Are, would it be fair to say you're doing awesome? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing. I'm do. I'm also doing awesome. You know, sure. talking to the sex master. <laughs> Next. Oh, sorry, Next. I did not mean to go back. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> you I'm normally got to pay by the minute for that guy. <laughs> oh boy. Oh dear. <laughs> okay. It's it's interesting when you start the episode off by jumping the shark. <laughs> man, oh man! Uh, here we go. Here we go into the fine literary and audio audio mastery that is the culture guitars. Uh, okay, well let's you know what let's kick it off. What have we been up to guitar and or music wise this week, Casper? I have been playing a bunch more and inspired by some current events actually in Canada. Um, you know, there's some, some dark pasts that are, that are being dredged up and it's kind of, kind of awful. And it's been really inspiring me to, you know, write some, some music based around it. And I don't want to get into the details of course, but well, I think you can say like, well, I mean, based on a uh, hundred plus years of um, the indigenous uh, suppression in our country, um, that began with, and really that's kind of come to light, um, through that residential school system, um, there was a lot of atrocities committed mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's just, it's actually making me upset just to talk about it. It's like, I cannot believe yeah. that that stuff was going on in a country where we kind of hold ourselves on a higher standard, I think, or, or like I was, sure, like, I was, ourselves oh, exactly. Yeah. And I, um, kind of, I'm super ashamed of it. I had nothing to do with it. I just, I'm ashamed that I didn't know. Like nobody knew really for, for the bulk of, of people that live in Canada. We don't know. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, just to, just to recap, if I may. Yeah, absolutely. Um, chime in. What happened was, uh, the residential school system, just to briefly touch on what that was, was yeah. a system of schools, loosely quote schools. schools. Yeah. Uh, basically they took. Uh, indigenous kids away from their parents, raise them in these schools to try and literally um, destroy the the culture, the, their culture and their language and their history, and yeah. raise them to be 
basically good little white kids without the white part. Right. Um, and uh, recently at a residential school. Um, Less than an hour from here. Yeah, really close to where we live at the, at the grounds of this former residential school. They found a mass grave uh, of at least, I'm told, it's, it's the numbers rising, but 215 yeah. uh, kids. And these are kids, children. Children. And uh, this, these schools, well, there were thousands of them all over the country. Yep. And uh, there's tens of thousands of kids that went missing over the century and a half um, that these schools existed. So there's undoubtedly more mass graves out there. Yeah. And uh, so that's that's the thing. And we don't want to... We don't want to make the show too dark, but yeah. that's kind of, that's the background and that's what's inspired you to write some uh, new music. Yeah, it's, and you know, I haven't had a whole lot of, like, I don't know, it just feels like I, somebody should start this ball rolling of apologizing or trying to get some kind of, you know, something happening, man. It just, just crushes me. It's, Anyways. Yeah. So, um, been playing a lot of, a lot more guitar, um listening to a lot more different music that I don't, that I wouldn't normally listen to. Um, you know, growing up in the interior of British Columbia in Canada, you know, we see a, a ton of indigenous culture and we always kind of have, at least through my life. Um, so with, um, you know, indigenous music and, and, uh, and the, you know, the cultural things that they, you know, the performances that you would see growing up. So I've been kind of delving into that a lot more and listening to that music and using that as inspiration for, for, kind of my style of music kind of pushing into that. And, and I, I, yeah, been really kind of touched by all of it lately. So, um, yeah, there's that. And, uh, on a brighter note, um, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I ran into a, di- a dilemma with mm-hmm. our, with our parts caster projects. <laughs> okay. Okay. And Uh-oh. yeah, well, and now it's, it's actually, of course, uh, Gary's here. So, uh, I couldn't figure out whether or not, I wanted to shielding tape or shielding paint. Okay. This is a real dilemma. Which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and switch gears a little bit. Well, I'm trying to, trying to, I'm trying to get away from it. Cause I, it's actually, that's really upsetting to me and I shouldn't have brought it up. Cause I'm no, you yeah. know what? It's good. We got to talk about it. Our country does not talk about no. it. We need to talk about it and we need to face the fact that it's depressing and awful. Mm-hmm. That's so it's good. Yeah. Now, we are also a guitar podcast, so we eventually got to talk about some guitar stuff. Yeah. So that's also good. Uh, I'm I just chuckle because like this is not a fresh debate for you. <laughs> been- no, I've been laboring over this one for a while, and uh, so the solution I came up with this morning, uh, just this morning, was I, I just I ordered some copper shielding tape, and I ordered some. MG Chemicals shielding paint, <laughs> and then I'll figure this out later. <laughs> That's my solution. <laughs> so I'll just do both <laughs> in time until it's time to really decide. That's right. the most expensive way to possibly solve the problem. You you're, know what? You're right. Uh, Casper is a money bag, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but I figure this way, a tiny little vial of shielding paint could be used for other projects if I so decide. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for sure. And uh, Al didn't buy any of these things. So I know he's going to need probably some copper tape coming up. <laughs> and I can charge I, him. Well, I can charge well, him by the inch. <laughs> I was kind of low key, uh, also torn about what I was doing, but I was, I was more or less decided on the copper tape. Yeah, uh, and I just hadn't ordered it yet. But there's no sense in ordering 120 feet of tape. 
I already ordered 60. <laughs> yeah, so I, <laughs> I'll mooch some off of you. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's pretty much it for me. Um, I, it was my birthday recently, and a friend of mine actually bought me a... Uh, I'm not sure when he got this thing for me, but it's one of those guitar pick stamps. They like hole punches a guitar pick out of a credit card. Yeah. So I'm, I made yeah. you one. That's right there. Oh, is that, that's is for it? you. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. I, now I feel bad saying I hate these things. I know. That's why I give it to you. That's <laughs> it's funny though. Anyways, I, I I get a kick out of it. It's a fun little thing. It's actually in a size of a pick that I would actually play. So. <laughs> It's, it's too floppy for me. Cards generally are like it's that's, a, that's double thick actually. This is like a uh this one's like a point seven three or somewhere thereabouts roughly. Mm. So it's not too bad, but yeah. I'm very finicky with guitar picks, so I know. But you gotta keep that, it's yours. Thank you. You're welcome. I treasure it for always. I know you will. <laughs> what about you, Gary? What have you been up to guitar and or music related outside of production stuff? You know, what are you doing for doing? Um, yeah, well, I mean, uh, I've been taking the uh, the month off of my day job actually to kind of focus on partscaster projects. So that's still kind of work related. But in the personal realm, I uh, sold my Gibson Les Paul recently on Reverb. Um, I had a 2018 BFG that I let go, and uh, hopefully going to turn that into a new JML Donable collaboration that they're doing together. Ooh, wow! First off. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge fan of the BM- BFGs myself, so I kind of think you made the right move there. But um, I mean, those... it's a pretty sweet guitar for what it is. It's pretty bare bones. I just I like I... the I like the control combo and the like the pickup layout, like having that humbucker in the bridge, P ninety in the neck. I just uh, mine was dual P ninety that actually. Oh really? Mm-hmm. That's better. Yep. Okay. Yep, like old school. Cool. So yeah, I really like the guitar. I just scale length wise, I, I've determined I'm I'm really more of a fan of the twenty five point five or longer for a lot of the stuff that I like to do. Mm. Um, and then I don't know, just if you get into the guitar politics and things, there are other guitar companies I think I'd rather be hanging on my wall personally. But uh, you um, know, John, um, the Donable <laughs> and the JML stuff is uh, going to be really really cool. And that was just. On, I, I only keep a few guitars around. I don't usually have like a big stash. I've gone through quite a few, but uh, I've kind of whittled it down over the years and uh, just kind of picking and choosing what I what I want. And that was when I just decided I could let go. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh man, those uh, those those Dunnable J JML collabs are good lord. They are good looking. <laughs> They're gonna be pretty sweet. I mean, yeah. I'm. Buddies with Jay from JML anyway. He's he's kind of like one of my uh, I don't know mentors more or less. He he kind of fills in the gaps where where I you know need to learn some things. Or he's always showing me tips and tricks. Yeah, he's pretty and stuff close like to that, you. Right? So. You're like down the street, not literally, but no, uh, within about an hour or so. I'm in in about an hour outside of where he's at actually, but not too far off. We're all within the same circle of friends, so. He uh, sent me some pictures on Instagram of some templates one day, and I was like, I recognize those shapes. And lo and behold, he's uh, doing a big batch with with Dunnable. They're going to be pretty ripping, it looks like. Yeah, yeah I've been uh, drooling over those on Instagram. <laughs> for sure. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, are you, um, you're for sure getting one of those, or are you hoping to get one of those? Well, I put my name in the hat, so I'm sitting on this money from my last call, so whenever that they tell me that the pricing is finalized and they're going to be for sale, 
Um, hopefully I'll, I'll have my name in, in there and I'll be able to snag one. I think there's going to be eight in this first round that they're doing. So oh. I'm sure they're going to go pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're insane looking. <laughs> I hope you get one, man. Ooh, Me too. I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say, man. <laughs> You're holding your head like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my uh, God. Have you seen these things? Oh, yeah, I've Oh, seen they're them. ludicrous, man. <laughs> yeah. They deserve one of the sexy nicknames that we all got this episode. Uh, <laughs> probably better for it that we don't. Uh, <laughs> Please don't. Right on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, this week, I, thanks for oh, asking, Kevin. Hey, Al, what have um, you been up to music and or guitar related <laughs> this week? I took a second... Booking. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Two gigs this year after uh, a little over a year of pandemic land nothingness. I'm uh, I'm back at it a little bit. Um, I'm not sure how heavily I'm going to go back into touring and stuff yet. There's some health stuff that mm. uh, I'm uh, focused on pretty hard. So that's going to take priority. But... I, I, you know, it's nice to just have a, have something to live for, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, man. You can play music better when you're healthy. Yeah, you can. And, uh, you know, you I'm can just t- You can tour to, better when you're healthy, too. It's true, yeah. Yep. Uh, I, but I'm just excited to finally look at my guitars like they have a purpose again. Because <laughs> yeah. I was getting pretty, like... <sighs> um, so I've, I'm, I'm going to be uh, live streaming a lot of practices. I think I really like this plan, actually. Yeah, I do. It's it's, it's going to be interesting. I I have forgotten a lot of my material, <laughs> entire songs. <laughs> I was looking at my song list and, uh, you know, uh, uh, the forty plus tunes on there. I was like, what the heck is that one? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Well, that stuff slips I, away. I, oh I, yeah, it's funny. I was jamming with a friend of mine. Oh my gosh, it was almost. It was like a year ago now. And he was like, hey, play this one, that, like, song. <laughs> I was like, eh, I don't really remember that one. <laughs> He's like, but you wrote it. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know. Like, if and, my muscles remember it, it's there forever. Like, I married, I, I married, it, I married it, my it wife, it. and I forget her birthday all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even come up with that. No. No, I, I do. Our, I our memories are not the greatest sometimes. <laughs> Um, and other than that, uh, guitar and our music wise. Well, you are 40 this year, aren't you? I am. That's I right. am turning 40. Yeah. Officially middle-aged. Damn, son. That's weird. Yeah, isn't it? I know. I was thinking, bit. thinking about it earlier. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's been, uh, uh, little, mostly just focused on this, this parts build series that we're going to be doing here. Cause I got a, I have a feeling we're going to get into a bunch of that today. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, before we record the series, we need to get these things to a certain point. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to try and record them semi-real time to put out there. And uh, to get to that certain point, I have a lot of stuff to do. Uh, you have a little bit to do. I've got a lot more. And Dude, it's, it's hanging there with the I neck know. on it and the strap <laughs> locks and everything. Are already on it. <laughs> you have to take all that off. Uh, I know, it. I know. Um, but it's mocking up real good. <laughs> Yeah, so I've got uh, I've got a couple of geometry things I got to solve, um, mm-hmm. uh, and that's down to a couple of of factors. One, the 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 body that uh, our wonderful guest made for for me. We we changed a couple of things um, because we're not trying to directly uh, rip off anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just, it's kind of an inspired by sort of build, but 
so certain changes to the body had to be made, um, and those changes affect the geometry. And what what I'm discovering as I'm going into this, especially with the changes to the body combined with the hardware that I chose and the way that I'm choosing to install the neck, have me- meant that like, all right, I need to uh, probably we're gonna have to shim this neck now to get it the right angle to mm-hmm. cooperate with the bridges and the saddle uh, bridge and tailpiece that I've chosen. And uh, that's on me. And because I'm doing a set neck, it's all a little bit more complicated that way. But I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. It's just step. There's just things I got to do. So that's been uh, taking up a lot of my attention this week. And then admittedly, I went out and bought uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's been getting a lot of attention too because uh, well, Mass Effect's the best. What can I say? Except for Andromeda. That one sucked. <laughs> I don't think I played that one. You know what's actually sad is I, now we're going off on a tangent, but I ordered, was it a pre-ordered three, having never played one or two? Mm. So then I bought one and two. Um, I don't know how far I got through one. I'm, it's a slog. Yeah. I just was like, meh. So then I started, I was like, Dah. I dropped that, started playing. I get the idea, <laughs> right? And then started playing two. And I, I never finished that either. Oh, it's like th- there was a certain point where there was just everything became a repetition, like wash and repeat, wash and repeat. And I was like, ah, I'm no, I'm over it. Oh, really? Two, yeah. two is my favorite. I absolutely loved it. Three, I thought was brilliant as well. Ending could have been a little better, but it was. Don't good. spoil it. I might play it. I'm not gonna say anything. Uh, one, great story. It's a real slog to get through, though. And I, and I say that as a guy who literally has spent like the last week doing nothing but slogging through it. <laughs> Just finished it uh, last night. Um, it it is a slog. It's a yeah. it's yeah. Every Mass Effect fan I think has that experience where they're just like, honestly, you could skip one altogether and just start it too. And kind of uh, did. Yeah, you're yeah. fine. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into it. Gary, I'm here. How are you? He's good. Doing he well. Us. We uh, answered that one already. That's yeah. true. Okay, sorry. Maybe <laughs> dying to my radio out. Let me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you're helping over there. <laughs> oh yeah. You're, you're all right. You doing yeah. okay over there, buddy? Yeah, he's he's helping by letting me run off the cliff. Uh, all right. I feel fine. like that's let's, like my job. You know what? Let's start over then. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> Hi, Lord Gary von Sexmaster Cooper. Oh, you said it again. Yeah. So, Gary, Gary. Not contrary. Master of Partscaster Concierge, you, my friend, are a unique individual in the guitar world. I think. Yeah? Yeah, I think you're doing something, you know, at first glance, um, somebody who really wants to be dismissive and cynical might blow you off as like a warmoth type outfit or something like that. And that really does not... uh, not serve well to describe what you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. I've heard both ways. I've had a lot of people get a lot of compliments on my work and stuff. I've I've had some some criticism of what I'm doing too, for the most part. But right. uh, yeah, welcome to I the internet, I'm, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. I, uh, I just I just don't go to Facebook anymore, and I found it's a lot easier. So, <laughs> um, not that I can't handle the criticism, but you know, it's just not not productive stuff coming from there. So, yeah. but uh, no, it's uh, it's kind of unique like i'm i'm trying to fill a specific niche out there that i 
I feel like as a DIY guitar builder, kind of running into roadblocks with the builds that I wanted to be able to do. Um, if you want to build Stratocaster and Telecaster knockoffs, they're everywhere. And then when you want to start to get into the offset world, you can find some Jazzmaster bodies and things like that. But much outside of that, it starts to get kind of scarce. Um, there's a, a builder on eBay, uh, Rosser Guitars. I'll call that guy out because he is really cool if you're into DIY stuff. Um, he's got a few CNC mills, and uh, he I bought quite a few bodies from him myself. He's just, I've found kind of fairly limited with like maybe wood options. You know, he has a, a few types of like pine and ash that he sticks with. Um, and then there's only a, you know, certain limited options for bridges and pickups. So I, I did quite a few builds with him. They all, all went, went off without a hitch. They were great. But I'm like, Hey, I want to do this one in Walnut or something like that. He'd be like, you know, sending me elsewhere basically is what, what would end up happening. So I ended up uh, accumulating tools one by one and started doing my own thing. So I could build guitar bodies and pick the wood that I wanted and make the configurations I wanted and just do it myself. Love it. So cool. So you've, you've taken this, uh, I would say, if I may say, and I'm going to say, because darn it, I host this and, thing. <laughs> I'm going to make you balder, Casper. I'm gonna... And grayer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say you've taken everything one step further because you're not just making a body and tossing it out there for sale. You're offering y your name concierge. It, you know, that is an apt name for mm -hmm. what you're doing. I, that's uh, I appreciate that. that I, that's, I put a little bit of thought into it and I, I, that's exactly what I wanted to try and do as a business model too. Like aside from, just making the guitar body is everybody does this stuff at a different level. You know, some folks are buying kits and kind of slapping the pieces together. And then there are luthiers out there that are like dropping down trees off their property. And then they have a kiln on their back lot and they make every little piece, you know, by hand. And there's, there's everybody in between. And uh, a lot of folks starting off definitely need some help and there's information everywhere, but there's almost so, so much information. It, it gets to be kind of hard to navigate. You don't know whose advice to take or kind of what methodologies might work together. You know, some, some ideas or concepts might not mix and match too well. So it's nice to have somebody, a, a direct point of contact that's probably been through what you're going through has kind of seen the ups and downs, ran into that issue with that bridge and that neck before that sort of thing. Um, and, and with the concierge service, it's, it's, I'm trying to guide the people that need the help through those kinds of issues. That's awesome, man. Yeah, man. Like, and it, it doesn't even, it doesn't really stop there. Um, does it? Because I mean, with all of the different options that you can and you, that you do kind of provide, um, say on, you know, body shapes and routing styles and pickup configurations and all those things, you're not really it's not just a, you know, a cookie cutter chunk and you're stamping out these, these things. And then I, I, you know, providing the services after you're really creating like a, a service where you can kind of build your own custom type of machine yeah. out of, out of some, you know, give the basic concepts and the shapes and stuff. But I mean, right. You know, just everybody's going to see, the, the final product that we're coming out with, you know, in working with you and with uh, Trevor Vigilant and, and everybody else that's involved, um, these are not just a, you know, a press stamp type of guitar that that you're putting out. You're creating so much more depth and and uh, options available 
not just your basics. You know, like you can do other shapes right. or you can yeah. do, you know, different carve types. Like I'm, I'm just blown away by the, the, you know, the involvement that you can be and the, the, the things that you do provide, but I'm sure that there's simpler things as well. And it's really up to the builder to kind of define what it is that they want from you and then you fulfill. And that's, that's, that's the niche I'm finding is just incredible about what you're doing. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I try to start everything initially with like a consultation. It's all free upfront to have a conversation about what you want to do. Um, and then I can kind of point people in the direction of like, you know, if you need a more in-depth conversation, we'll set up a consultation appointment for 50 or a hundred bucks or an hour or whatever the time it takes to kind of help plan out your build, go over design options, all that stuff. And we can really get into the weeds on things. Or if we can, within a couple, you know, conversations on Instagram or emails back and forth, if we can pin down the details we need, we can go from there. Um, but it, it starts off with a consultation to get an idea of the body shape you're looking for, kind of the hardware you want to do. Some people want aesthetics, a finish, a style that they're looking for. Some people want wood and tone and certain, you know, wines and styles of pickups that they're, they're really chasing. So every, every build's different. I've got templates that I work off of, but I've never put out two that are exactly the same by any means. Um, I've got a couple shapes that are particularly popular because I don't think you can really find them very easily anywhere else with a, a parts caster style neck you know, configuration like this. So they kind of stand out, but uh, every one I put out has a different bridge or pickup or control layout or some are string through, some are hardtails, you know, all, all different types of stuff. Yeah, I, you know, um, I, I've always, not always, I, I've been telling people about your your work and stuff and trying to trying to kind of explain what you're doing. Um, and you've become my go-to guy when I'm, when somebody, when I'm talking to somebody and they're like, I want to, you know, kind of build my own thing, but I want to do something a little different. I'm like, well, you need to go talk <laughs> here. There's this guy named Gary. And here's That's where I'm going to step in. Cause, uh, you know, none of your bodies, I mean, you, you will do a telly, you will do a strat. I, you know, you, it's not like you're incapable of that or, you know, I'm sure you wouldn't turn away the job if somebody asked you to do it. But but no. none of your bodies have been quite as uh, I hate I hesitate to use the term vanilla because a body is a part that can be taken to an elaborate build no matter what the body is so I don't want to slag on people building strat or telly style builds um, but no. I but you are offering some unique fare like nobody out there is offering an RD style body in you know whatever pickup configuration control configuration you want. That, uh, that alone, and that, that's by far your most popular one so far. Yeah. Um, that alone is super rad. Because I, I think, you know, the RD's gotten through this weird history where it was kind of the, the ugly duckling of the Gibson lineup for a lot of years. And then sure. it hit this point of vintage where all of a sudden it went from being only loved by, you know, dorky goofballs like me who like dorky, stupid looking guitars to being a real hipster instrument and everybody's really like, Oh man, I like that thing. Cool. And, just because it's old and rare. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and that's it. Like the RD is kind of rare by comparison to any other model. They yeah. didn't produce a ton of them. Like, yeah, there's, there's a fair amount, but they weren't the, the less Pauls and the SGs, you know, they just didn't have the production yeah. numbers so that their rarity therefore, it, you know, increases. And their, they only made them. 
Oh, sorry. So they only made them a few years, yeah. I think, initially with like the mobile electronics and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was like a three year run before they shut them down and then they were reissued after that. And then that. That, that low number production combined with their now vintage rarity and desirability has driven prices way up and made them, uh, you know, unattainable for a larger audience now. But you can step in and get a brand new RD body or RD style body Mm -hmm. and done up to your kind of fantasies and you can make some real stuff. I mean, Emily from uh, the Get Offset podcast has got one of your bodies and Mm -hmm. and she's doing some rad stuff with that thing. Yeah, Uh, she's got a cool finish going. Yeah. I've seen uh, one, uh, one got done up like a classic, you know, like blackguard telly style <laughs> um yeah. which is super cool just things you, you you can't do with a normal rd i mean if mm-hmm. you get your hands on an actual rd you're sure as heck not gonna rip out those original pickups unless you absolutely have to i or, would hope not you know or modify it heavily unless you absolutely have to sure. um so i think you're you're offering something cool there and you're doing things that like i can't get that from warmoth i can't get that from mighty mike and if I right. could, it would be, uh, ooh. <laughs> their prices have gone up quite a bit. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to fill the, I mean, that's the, like, where I'm coming from as a, a builder myself. That's, that's exactly what I found is Stratocasters and Telecasters are everywhere and they're iconic designs and there's, they have their place and they can be modified to be something completely different. You know, like you've got Jim Root and John five and all those dudes that are, you know, not playing twang riffs whatsoever with a telly and they've made it its own thing, but it's like a rifle. There's a million of them and this one is mine and so forth. So if, if that's your thing, you know, we'll, we'll rock it. I just made a, a left-handed telly with an Evertune bridge for a dude that really wanted one because he couldn't find one anywhere else. He could find telly bodies, but nobody with their CNC machine would route an Evertune bridge for him. So um, I'll kind of fill that spot. But don't be surprised if I'm going to suggest, you know, let's let's kind of step it up a little bit. Let's try some different electronics or let's try maybe to do a, a thin line and put a veneer on there and make it look cool. Wooden pick guard to kind of flash it up a little bit. Just something to make it stand out from the rest of them, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I got to say, like, from for my part, I feel very privileged <laughs> to have a body that you can't buy anywhere. And uh, it's made to my uh, request with wood I wanted. And now I get to kind of make this beautiful custom guitar, a, a, a literal fantasy build um, that I'd, I'd kind of dreamed up the basics of years and years and years ago. And uh, you're helping me making it a reality, man. That's super cool. That's awesome. And, you know, now other people, if they're so inclined to get a, a body style like the one I'm doing, can come to you and, and kind of make their own variation of things. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you were talking about with the, the RDs finding a, a vintage one, you know, it's, it's going to be really hard to, to locate when you do get it. It's going to be expensive. You're not going to want to alter anything on it. Um, but that's, I'm trying to step in and make some of those shapes. I'm working on a, a guild style, uh, not the firebird thunderbird. Um, there's a few of them that are just real funky shaped. I remember listening to some Ty Siegel records and looking at his artwork and just really, really bizarre stuff. I'm like, where are these guitars coming from? And they're all old guild. 
And then I got to looking at like how to find them and they're all super expensive unless you want some of the reissues they've put out in the last couple of years. And even those are upwards of 800 or a thousand dollars, which is not like an entry level guitar price necessarily. Um, so I just, you know, step in and start designing stuff. That's not an exact replica, but pretty close in style and I can make my own and make it whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Um, was it hard, you know, getting, getting into, um, I'm trying to think of how to word this, uh, cause did you have a lot of formal training, like doing with woodworking and that kind of thing before, or did you kind of have to learn as you went? Um, well, I'm kind of, I'm definitely learning as I go. I've got some background with like general woodworking just from like stuff in school i've got family my grandpa always had tools in the garage and you know we would make things so i understand how a bandsaw works and what you use a router for and what the tools do but as far as like specific to instrument making i'd be the first person to admit like i am not a fully trained luthier by any means there's a, a school um that was functioning before covid but i'm not sure if they're running around here anymore it's about an hour away and uh, it's about $20,000 to get in with them. And a lot of that's the tool budget. Um, but once I was looking into that, I just kind of took what I did know. And uh, a lot of it's self-trained. Um, I've, I've got a, a couple techs that are local. There's a guy named Guitar Bob here in Muncie that's just, he's, he's very known around the, the region here. He works with anybody and everybody, all the, the regional musicians. You know, if you've got a weird amp or guitar technical issue, you take it to him. And uh, he's always giving me little tips and tricks. And, uh, you know, between my friends and uh, the Internet, I've kind of learned what I need to know to get up to this point. And I would like to be able to the next step would be like make my own necks. Um, that's one of the bottlenecks I'm finding for the process is sending people to other builders to have to make custom necks or you go through Warmoth or all parts, um, locate stuff through Reverb or eBay, that sort of thing. So eventually I want to make my own, but I feel like that's a whole other skill set, some more tools to take on. And I'd have to kind of put everything I'm doing on a halt to take a couple of weeks to really pin that down good enough to uh, make things that I'm comfortable selling. You know, um, there's a couple other like binding and things like that on bodies. I've, I've practiced, I've done it a few times, but uh, I'm still kind of honing the art down well enough before I tell somebody that that's something I want to uh, charge you to do on your body. Mm. Uh, you know, that was something uh, you offered to do for me was uh, route the back of the body so I could do binding on it if I wanted to. And I was sure tempted. Um, yeah. So like I, I laid I the binding in before, um, <laughs> Like I, I'm, I'm not intimidated by it. I understand the the concept of it's it's a real easy router trim bit that you run and make sure your your gauges are right. I just forming binding takes a little bit of finesse to get the heat right so the things don't crack and uh, the right type of glue for the right type of materials that you're using. Some people use acetone. Some people use super glue. You know, the different types of wood will take the adhesives differently. So there's just a lot of things that I'm still learning before I would just tell somebody like, yeah, you know, I got you. Um, oh, for however, sure. with yeah. that said, there's being a concierge. The idea is that if there's anything that somebody's going to request that I don't know how to do personally, you know, I'll be honest and say, that's not something I do in house, but I know somebody else who can do X, Y, and Z for us. So, um, I've got a client right now, actually, who wants me to do a, uh, a Telecaster, funny enough, but uh, to kind of spice it up a little bit, he wants to do a wallpaper finish on it. So we're going to oh, be yeah. doing a double-bound Kelly body. 
Mm. Um, so that one's coming up. So we can do some wallpaper and, uh, I'm going to be doing the binding on it for him. And uh, I'm working with Jay from JML and he's already agreed for everything. We've got some time scheduled in the next week or two and uh, I'll take it down there and he's going to kind of oversee, make sure that I don't botch anything up on this job. Um, so oh, that's super nice of him, man. Well, yeah, for sure. That, yeah. So, so, that, so that guy's awesome. Yeah. He, he, man, <laughs> JML is mind blowing. I, he, he's, I really want to get him on the show at some point. Yeah. <laughs> like, see if I can pull some strings. Uh, worship the ground that guy's walking on for sure. Um, well, let's let's walk through the concierge process. Like, let's go through it. All right. <clears throat> I work with this guy on uh, a weekly basis. He's a bit of a numpty. Let's call him Casper, <laughs> just for a working day. <laughs> you can see that buzz coming from a oh, mile Oh, man. It's like, yep, here it here comes. <laughs> He's not even going to honk the horn. Here it comes. <laughs> um, and Casper wants to build a guitar. So sure. Casper's coming to you. Walk, you know, how do you walk Casper through that process? Well, I, the first question is what's going to be the most important part about the build for you? Like, are you looking for a style? Are you looking for a sound, a weight, a certain type of look? What, what are you wanting to build? Walnut. To <laughs> walnut. All right. Oh, walnut. English walnut. <laughs> uh, this is the standing joke uh, that I have an addiction to walnut. And it's not untrue. I have a more guitar coming that's it's made out of walnut. And the bass that we're building together is walnut and ash. And it's like... <laughs> Everything, even like my custom acoustic has walnut appointments and stuff. So, yes, I like walnut. That's not what I was going to say. So, <laughs> All right, no, I'll stay out of it. Let's so, go now that this yeah. is my build we're working on, yeah. okay. So, if I was to build a, a not like a parts caster, the actual the next guitar that I would build would be um, probably something in the realm of a thin SG type, like something light, um, okay. something, and it would be P90s. In both positions, um, cool. I would probably want to do something with like a less trim and a tunematic or some type of bridge like that. It's kind of one thing about um, Al's current build that I really, really dig was that less trim and uh, and bridge that uh, he put on his one his uh, what do you want to call this thing his whatever your Ricky inspired thing. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. So I would definitely want like solid body, either most likely mahogany or or maybe something a little bit fancier. I'm not sure, but definitely P90s, thin, light. Um, sure, you know, a so, rock machine. To go with, yeah. So walnut as the original choice typically is going to be a little bit more dense, a little little heavier. So making a thin body will help weight wise. The other option is going to be to like chamber the body a little bit and mm -hmm. do uh, a veneer and that will help at that point we can kind of get the weight right down to whatever you want i think we got al's body right at 4.5 pounds which kind of for the bulk and the size is, is pretty incredible that thing is like featherweight it really is yeah, super light so um and then the next thing i, I kind of stands out about that particular build would be the uh the bridge so anytime that you do well, let's start off with a typical parts caster style build is modeled after Fender style stuff. And Fender typically has a flat neck with no brake angle. It's a bolt-on neck. It's like a modular style system. It's where the whole parts caster kind of thing comes from. And then when you start throwing in tunematic bridges, um, it, it, you typically see a tunematic with a little bit of a brake angle in the neck, somewhere mm -hmm. two, three, four degrees, depending on the model or whatever it calls for. 
So when we're doing parts caster style builds with bolt-on necks, we can definitely do two pneumatic bridges, but we usually either have to kind of compensate one way or the other. And uh, in most cases, if you're doing like a string through or something with kind of a low set base behind the bridge, you can get away with just recessing the bridge a little to help it down and you'll keep the intonation straight across the neck. Or the other option is we keep the bridge at the same height with the flat body and then we actually break the, the pocket so that you have like maybe a two and a half or three degree break angle in the neck. Mm-hmm. So it kind of feels a little bit more like a less all the way it tilts back a little bit. But that will give you solid straight intonation so that your strings are level with your fretboard from the nut all the way down. Mm-hmm. So just stuff I've ran into. You know, the first yeah. time I tried to throw a, a, a Gibson tunematic into a flat body build, that was just one of the first things I ran. It's like, this setup is impossible. This isn't going to happen. Like, how do people fix this? And that's you know, pretty common. So okay. even with the Fender style world, uh, when you see like jazz masters are notorious for like people wanting to shim the necks a little bit because the intonation above the 12th fret is just sometimes not the greatest on all those models. So, you know, throw a little bit of an angle in there. It solves a lot of the problems. Okay. So we're, we're, we've got an SG. We're doing tunematic bridge. We're doing yep. uh, less trim trim. <laughs> You say call that a tailpiece or just a trim system? Whatever. Trim system, tailpiece, like tomato, like, tomato. Like the, like the Duesenberg style? Yep. 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 Okay. Gotcha. So, so you wanted P90s, right, for a, a, a pickup configuration. Yep. Um, the next step after that's going to be like your control layout. So your volume, tone, uh, control, like positions. Uh, yeah. Do you want like a standard kind of LG, or, sorry, SG layout, or do you have anything in particular in mind? Anything Probably just a standard add? standard SG layout. Volume, volume, tone, tone, and a and a selector switch. Right on. Easy enough. So the next thing is going to be that that kind of covers the idea with the body um, edge routing with an SG. Do you want like a standard edge routing where they have kind of the the, the chamfer that bevels in and out with the contours of the guitar? Do you have uh, any special kind of design concepts you'd like to go to with uh, the edges of the guitar? I mean. Is that at what point can I just allow? I mean, this is part of what you do too. Is kind of your if I allowed you a little creative license, um, for sure. And then, I mean, with our uh, or with the the non reverse Firebird or Thunderbird bass that we're doing uh, right now, I was so blown away with the edge routing on that on that body because it wasn't actually what I had expected, <laughs> but it was like, oh wow, <laughs> you know, like wow. And it just didn't, cool. it didn't look, you know, I had expected less, less pop, less pizzazz, less amazing. It was just like, okay, it's going to look like this. And then when it came out, I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> so at sure. some point there's got to be, uh, you know, where, where maybe I wouldn't say, see that in the, in the, in the build where you might, where you go, oh, well, if we're doing this and this, uh, so you know, like you would inform someone and say, hey, this is what this is going to do if we do this or that. You know, what do you think of that? You right. Because for myself, I'm not like a, I'm not a, a highly advanced uh, parts caster builder or guitar builder of any kind. So, you know, there's a whole lot of gaps in my expectations of what, what we might get. So, I mean, I would sure. say for myself, I'd be like, well, just a standard SG routing would, would probably look awesome. But yeah, you might say, oh, well, with the way we're doing this woods with this top or whatever, this veneer, it, it's going to look like this. What do you think of that? 
right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So like when we got into with your build that you're working on with this, uh, the base, we had mm-hmm. the, an ash body. So it's a really light colored wood with a dark walnut on top. Right. Um, for the people that haven't seen it. And one thing I like to do with my builds is I go with like a, a big half inch edge routing all the way around. Um, usually like a Telecaster is really, really steep, a, an eighth inch or a quarter. Sometimes you'll see a Jazzmaster like a three eighths. Um, I just like big round edges. I think it feels more comfortable. So I kind of rounded them off really, really well. And then uh, with the depth of the top and the rounding, the way it works out, you get just a little edge of the white colored ash kind of peeking around the dark walnut. It gives it like a faux binding kind of look almost. Mm-hmm. And then when I did the uh, the contour, it's it's kind of based off the, the Lincoln style reimagining of that guitar. And then uh, it's got like a, a chamfered kind of, inset contour on like the hips that are that are offset on the guitar so where the the edges come in and the layers of the wood it starts to show off the grain a little bit and then with the angles it starts to kind of play with the lines of the guitar so it almost looks a little more offset than what it actually is if yeah. that makes sense yeah you know fun fact uh, for our listeners out there um uh, we'll probably talk about this again when we get to uh, recording the the build mini series but originally, when we were talking about this build series, we started out as we were going to build kind of a matching set of uh, instruments, guitar and bass, um, both kind of based off the non-reverse Firebird-style look, but mm-hmm. done a, up um, kind of the way Lincoln Guitars did it. Because mm-hmm. um, I just loved those those guitars. I thought they had a really sharp, cool look to them. Um, when they were still a functional brand, R.I.P. Lincoln Guitars. Um and uh, then I strayed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Casper stuck to it, um, as did Gary's uh, vision for the contouring and stuff. And uh, I, I love my my body a lot. I wouldn't. I have no regrets. Yeah. But I definitely remember when we when we first started seeing pictures from Gary. <laughs> How about the bodies? I was like, damn it! I should have stuck. <laughs> that looks really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. yeah, I've I've been into uh, like laminating different species and then playing with the contours a lot. I, I really like the effect that you get around the edges of the guitars with that type of stuff. It just brings out the lines a lot. Um, there's a speaker cabinet I actually shipped up to Alaska a couple of oh, months ago, dude, and uh, that has some some edges. That's like an offset two by twelve, like an oversized speaker cabinet with a big kind of center run down the middle. It's inspired by like a limbic style or like just like a neck through style guitar design um, but with the way that the wood's laminated and the the rounded speakers and the edges it's a lot of straight lines but then where the curves meet i don't know just gives it some some cool depth it's a nice little act wow, yeah so that sharp. that speaker cabinet lit my head on fire it was so <laughs> hot oh my gosh like yeah that that one started off as the the client just wanted to do it all in walnut and then as we were, we're just kind of spitballing ideas. It's, you know, one thing led to another and he's like, what, you know, like you were talking about, like something you might not necessarily think about because you don't do the build. So I just started spitballing some things with them and he's like, yeah, basically, you know, go for it. Whatever your stuff looks cool, whatever you think you can do. And uh, same thing. I started sending him pictures. He's like, holy cow, this looks amazing. So I just kept it and run with it. <laughs> this guy could be your new best friend. I know. I was going to say, he's like, make it all out of walnut. I just started nodding like, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, that does sound brilliant. 
No, this thing, t- this, oh my gosh. I, yeah, it's good. I want to stroke your ego all day long because this thing looks just <laughs> amazing. Um, it, this, this is a good segue, uh, listeners. If you're not following Partscaster Concierge on Instagram, oh my gosh, you need to be. It mm-hmm. is, oh, I hate this term, but it is guitar porn. It's just good stuff. Yeah. I try to put out quality content. I think that's something that initially, I mean, realistically, I think it helped initially get eyes on what I'm doing. There's a lot of people that are doing some builds and repair work and things like that, but uh, it's hard to get garner any attention or followers or anybody to want to buy anything you're doing if you're just taking like cell phone shots of this stuff sitting on a couch, you know? And uh, I was into photography in high school and actually did a lot of film stuff way back then. And, and, uh, I have a friend who did it as a career and he initially did my first batch of photos. If you scroll way down to the bottom of the page, the guitars that are all set over a white backdrop that looked like they could have come off of like, uh, who was it? Vera May. I think he worked for at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm right there. <laughs> he does, yeah. He does product photography and that stuff just really, it blew me away when he shot. I, I knew my guitars were cool. I'm not trying to like, you know, I don't have a big ego about my stuff, but um, they're not junk. They're pretty. And uh, his his pictures of them just really made them pop. And then once I started to share them, I got a lot of really positive feedback, not just from Instagram, but uh, some posts on Reddit kind of took off. I've got a few, not necessarily followers, but customers and stuff that have come from that website too. So having good photography of, of your work, I think, kind of elevates everything. It It steps it up quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I got to say, man, I, you know, I, I don't know how early into your, your life as Partscaster Concierge, we kind of crossed paths, but I think we were fairly early in each other's lives. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that I, and I just, you know, I, I realize this interview has been us like tooting your horn uh, quite a bit <laughs> <laughs> and, and it will continue to be, but I want to toot your horn some more, man, because you you really really grabbed me as a like okay I want to I want to have this guy on the show I want to do something with this guy sometime um, because you one of the things you did very early on and sure you know I'm sure there's negative naysayers out there that are going to be like well, we did it just to get his company attention so what <laughs> you did complete custom builds nice ones um uh and you were just raffling these things off for causes you believed in um. That's amazing to me, man. Like you, you were, you were covering your costs. You were taking zero profit and you were giving away these like, holy skookum guitar builds, man. (laughs) Um, I love that dude. Like you, not a lot of brands do that kind of stuff. And, uh, so I'm always really turned on when, when, a when a brand puts themselves forward as socially conscious and giving a crap about some stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I, I try to ride the line where, I mean, there's, I don't want to be super political about everything I put out because that's not the point of my work and my, my Instagram page, you know, I make guitar bodies, but at the same time, there, there are things that happen that you just you can't deny. Like when Casper was talking about it, the, the front of the episode, um, I did start my business a little over a year ago, and then right after that happened, immediately, like, socially, all this stuff happens in our country that's, you know, just crazy. It's madness, and George Floyd, and police brutality, and then just one thing after the other after the other, and it was just 
wild. So I, similar position. I didn't know what to do about it. Just kind of ashamed of things that are going on. That's not me. That's not my, that's not the people that I know. You know, this is just, what do you do about it? So again, I'm, I make guitars. That's what I do. So I, uh, tried to make some guitars and put them out there and it does, you know, raise some brand awareness for what I do. It's not a lie. Like it helps get some eyes on my company that's starting up, but, uh, you're right. It does establish that, that I care and I'm trying to put some money in, into some good places and do some good things with, with what I can, you know, making guitars isn't necessarily going to feed people or clothe anybody, but if it can put a few thousand dollars in a bail fund for an organization that is doing some firsthand work, then Cool. Well, I think I think anytime somebody puts themselves out there and and puts their business out there, showing that they give a crap. Maybe maybe it's not something that somebody else gives a crap about. Maybe it's a nonprofit that isn't near and dear to somebody's heart. But yeah, putting themselves I, out there in a way that says I care and I want to show the world that it's okay to care. I think that moves people, even if they don't support the cause you're supporting, maybe that moves them to go, well, what do I want to support? Yeah. Sure. So Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I, I had people that stopped following me over some of the stuff that I was doing, you know, just getting started. I would notice when my <laughs> couple of followers trickle away when you only have a couple hundred, you're like, what's going on? Um, but, you know, if they don't agree with what I'm putting out there, then, you know, I don't need your money for what I'm doing anyway. You can buy a guitar from somebody else is kind of how I feel about it. So yeah. just uh, it, it weeds out the people that I don't necessarily want to have to deal with, I guess. But <laughs> Fair enough. Um, man, I, I think one of my favorite things is like, you know, you have a very choicely curated Instagram and, uh, you know, you, you post a lot more than you keep on there, <laughs> which is fine. Um, but boy, do I love seeing these, these pics of, of people's builds using your bodies. Um, and they just send these beautiful custom things that I never would have dreamed up in a million years. And I see it and it's just like, Oh my gosh, I want to build one of those too. Um, you've, it's really cool to see your spirit out there. Um, in guitar land doing cool stuff. Um, you, you've got all these RD style bodies. Um, you've got like this offset double cutaway weirdness with the aluminum neck that I don't even know what to call <laughs> that thing. Yeah. It's, we haven't named that one yet. Or it's not really offset. Actually. It's kind of symmetrical. It gives the impression of being offset, but it's not, um, that, whatever that is, it's, it's, it's unique and I've never seen anything like it. It's cool. So I appreciate that. Thank you. That build is actually for uh, Jonathan from a band called Torch. Um, I don't know if you guys listen to any heavy music or not, but they're, they're pretty well known within their circle. And uh, Jay actually, again, JML, builds for uh, Steve, their lead guitarist and songwriter. And just by chance, I happened to kind of hit up John through marketing and doing some advertising and trying to spread the word about some of the raffles I was doing last year and uh, kind of made buddies with him. And he's talking to me about the studio that he's working on a couple months progress. And he's like, I like your guitars. And the next thing I know, he wants to build a guitar with me. So I was like, Whoa, you know, like I, I listened to these guys since their first record came out. This is insane. And uh, next thing I know, we're, we're planning a build together. 
So that's awesome, man. It's super cool. Um, but, uh, and, as, as, as far as that shape you were talking about, like if it's offset or not, there's kind of a cool story behind that one. So uh, I'm sure you follow everything that's happened with satellite amps and uh, their coronet over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. We were fortunate so, enough to have, uh, to have Adam on the Adam show. On. Yeah. Talked about that. I want to have him back on and kind of get the latter half of the story. Cause yeah, it all kind of came to a close um, quite abruptly. Like and I was like kind of heartbroken about the yeah. whole thing. Actually, me too. Me too. We'll we'll save that story for him. I don't want to steal his thunder. Yeah. But <laughs> basically, uh, in in a little bit of tribute to uh, Satellite and their their whole excursion with uh, the coronet, this guitar is kind of taken all in that spirit. So, for the people that aren't familiar, the the coronet from Epiphone was originally designed as almost a copycat from the Telecaster. And they just took the tele design and they split it right down the middle symmetrically with the horned half and doubled it over. And they made a whole new guitar design and called it the coronet. Um, you can look up the history as far as like what happened with, you know, copyright infringement and intellectual property and all that fun stuff. But uh, that's kind of the, the core of where that guitar design comes from. So in the spirit of the coronet, we took this RD shape that's, my most popular shape it's the one that john was kind of the most drawn to and he had the idea that let's mirror it and make it not offset again so he was just in photoshop and taking some of my photography (laughs) and just flipped it around like what do you think about this oh now now that you say it yeah i see it now you've pointed it out like of course (laughs) i actually really dig that a lot it kind of sparked my interest a little bit, and I had to uh, work out some details that, that the butt end, like the bottom shape of the RD, would actually come to a point if you just made it perfectly symmetrical. So I tied in, I went and got one of my Telecaster templates, and then just kind of rounded everything off so that round, that bottom contour is comes from a Telecaster. And then also the idea of the knobs being in a straight line, those are kind of placed as like a Telecaster control plate would be, so... There's some nods to like the previous designs that it was based off of going oh, on. Oh, that's there. fun, man. That's cool. It's real fun. I like it. Um, yeah, that one's uh it's a bunch of laminated ash and mahogany too. So we were talking about all the laminations and the contours and everything. That's it's got a mahogany core with ash and mahogany laminated on top and ash top, obviously. Um, but if you can see the contours on that guitar along the sides and everything, that's that's where you're really getting the the cool species kind of contrasting off of each other. Like so that stuff. that goes it goes ash and mahogany with an ash top. Yeah, it's oh, a, well, it's mahogany in the middle. It's the, so there's a center run down the middle, and then body wings on each side, and each section is seven layers. So there's a big chunk of mahogany, and then ash, mahogany, and ash on top of that. So there's actually like multiple layers of ash and mahogany in the contours when you look at it. Nice. Yes. Okay. All kinds of hippie sandwich going on. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. A lot going on in that thing. Um, you're also one of the only guys. I think we might be the only guy that I know of making a uh, jazz bass body style style style. <laughs> Excuse me, I've apparently turned into sure Sean McConnor. I can't do that accent. No, you can't. Um, the jazz bass body style uh, in a guitar configuration and offering that like yeah that's a that's a rare thing and something I've I've seen uh, a couple of like boutique builders do um, just as a model but yeah so kind of like the the 
jazzcaster, like telecaster, jazzmaster, like mashup, that's actually coming from the partscaster realm. Like people were making those and then, you know, it, it turned into its own thing. Like Fender caught wind of it, their custom shops, like, oh, these are awesome. But it's kind of come out of like the Frankenstein world of people mashing their own guitars together. And uh, the 66, I think, is kind of the same thing, if I'm not mistaken. Totally. That they're like custom builders were taking jazz bass styles and scaling them down to like 25.5, normal Fender Stratocaster type scale length. And uh, it eventually caught wind, and Fender's like, hey, let's make a 66. And they were really cool designs, um, but they were limited. Like uh, in configuration, I feel like like the pickups, you could really only get like the one style and they only made it for a couple years and then they were gone. Mm -hmm. So this is again where I step in like something cool that I want to be able to make that's just not there. And uh, that template actually comes from Faction Guitars. Um, Kevin is the designer of that one and uh, all the templates for that one came from him. So if you're into DIY stuff and you want to do your own builds, kind of like where I'm getting started, Faction is a good resource for uh cool stuff like that to get you off the ground. I admire that you keep giving away how you got your business on the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah dude, I ain't scared. Like, I, I think everybody should be doing this stuff. I mean, obviously not everybody can, but if you have an interest in it, then it's not unobtainable. You know, you don't have to be like a super master of any craft. I genuinely do love that you're not worried about sharing knowledge and stuff. That's something we've, we've encountered a lot of times on the show with the, uh, other makers and something we greatly, greatly respect and admire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a scientific community, man. <laughs> all the more reason you're awesome. That's all I know. Um, <laughs> you also do collaborations with our good friend, Aisha Lowe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Lowe she's, sounds uh, there. she's amazing. She, so aside from doing the guitar bodies, I do the speaker cabinets and I'll make anything out of wood if you want it really. Um, but I had some scraps from, uh, the first, I don't know, a couple dozen guitar bodies that I had made and I didn't want to burn them cause they're huge and they're pretty pieces of wood and I didn't really know what else to do with them and, uh, kind of got inspiration from Sean and, uh, his wife, uh, run lollygagger mm -hmm. and they make yep. some really, really cool pedals in these wooden enclosures. And, uh, he has all of his stuff CNC'd and, uh, they, they've got it really down to a science but I just kind of took the core concept of what he's doing because you can park a car on one of those pedal enclosures. And that was one of my big things. It's like, if I'm going to make this out of wood, is it really going to hold up? Like, how are we doing this? And and looking into it, like, he's he seems to have it down. So uh, I actually bought one of his cherry boxes. I got one of the purple ones. It's oh, amazing. I love the circuit that sounds pedal. incredible. Oh, I love that pedal. It does. I, I, we were talking about it over Instagram, and he told me some settings to kind of look for where it almost does like a weird phaser type sound with the fuzz. It's really bizarre. But once I've dialed it in, I don't really want to touch the knobs off of that point. Um, <laughs> but I, I bought that pedal and just kind of started taking it apart and figuring out, you know, how how they do it, how they how they made it out of one block of wood, and how thick have, things have to be to to be rigid and make it work. Um, but what it comes down to basically is I'm making pedal enclosures and uh, Aisha, her whole thing with Aisha, sorry, is uh, really about recycling and reusing any materials that she can. She doesn't want anything to get wasted. So using scraps from my body blanks for pedal enclosures for stuff that she's going to build just made sense to me. So we uh, got hooked up and she's been pumping out super fuzzes ever since. <laughs> That's Fantastic. awesome, man. Yeah, she's 
Ah, she's an absolute treat. Mm -hmm. That's like our world does not deserve her. She's so awesome. Yeah, I actually I got introduced to her through John from Rare Buzz. Um, we were kind of talking about some music and stuff, and uh, I mentioned the Portishead album, like the live record that they did. It's like, oh, funny enough, did you know she was actually at that show? I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah, and then just starts listing off, you know, one thing after the other about why she's cool. And uh, <laughs> next thing I know, I'm following her page, and she's super friendly. She was uh, really warm and welcoming and very cool person. Yeah. The list of why she's awesome is long. <laughs> it truly is. <laughs> it truly is. <laughs> and she's so supportive of, of other people. Like, it's like she has two missions in life, to make rad effects and almost even more than that, to promote other people making rad stuff. Like, she's so community-involved and so into promoting others and building them up and for sure. And I, I think I, I, I feel that from her and I, that's, there's a lot of people that I follow that are kind of like that. And that's, that's what I want to help put out there too. You know? So if, if, if there is a barrier to what you want to come across to making pedals or making guitars or I don't know, making anything like there's, there's a community for it. You just got to find the right people. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I dig it. I, I think that's been like the most, eye-opening part of doing the show and the the part we love the most is that we're kind of uh at this point pretty <laughs> we're pretty deep in the waters of a very open and embracing community it's been nothing but friendly friendly faces and that kind of thing even when we get rejected by people which has not happened much but like <laughs> it does happen it happens <laughs> even when we get rejected somebody doesn't want to come on the show or doesn't want to do anything with us um, it's, I've, I haven't had an unkind experience yet. Right. And, and that's, yeah. that's very telling, you know, doing, and doing this kind of thing is not for everyone. You yourself, not the most like, look at me, look at me, look at me person I've ever talked to. Yeah. Um, I try not to put my face on anything. I really, <laughs> I don't do Instagram live too much. You know, I try to let my work speak for itself. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, not everybody's, uh. You know, not everybody has to be like me. <laughs> not everybody can be like you, Al. Well, there is no breed. one like it's a you. special breed. Al. Probably best. <laughs> I am many things, but uh, I don't know if I'm a, <laughs> I'm not a stable, uh, stable direction to head in. I'll say that much. <laughs> yeah. That's one way to put it. <laughs> Well, you can put it more colorfully if you'd like to, Casper. I think you've earned that so, right. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it alone. I'm throwing you under the bus uh, a few times this episode. <laughs> I'm bigger than that, Al. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, sir. Yeah, not today. Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll pick when you don't expect it. Ah, I like it. Yeah, it's the arrow that's that hits you from a surprise that that strikes the. Artist. You okay? It's, I don't know. You having a stroke or something? I'm, trying to, I'm sure there's a fancy toast? way of saying what I just tried to say, but yeah, about those parts caster builds. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you have a favorite body that you do? Um, you know, I 
I kind of it, it comes and goes. It depends on pretty much whatever's on my table at the time. I'm I'm pretty well convinced is the coolest thing I've got going. So. <laughs> I was thinking like body style that you do, like you know. man. When I when I first got those RD templates and I started making them, um, the the burnt mahogany one was one of the ones that I raffled off. Actually, I, I played it as a personal guitar for a few months. And it's a super comfortable shape um, just to stand up with. I, I sit down on my couch a lot, really, when I'm playing. And it's a really comfortable, like, sitting guitar, too. Mm. Um, so I really like the RD shape. But uh, I felt it was kind of big once I got the Mustang style and the 66. Um, those body styles just being a little bit smaller and the contours, I started to kind of be drawn more towards that. Then uh, my buddy Mike um, turned me on to some Maserite stuff, which, you know, I've always seen, but just not really thought about owning. And uh, that's what turned into be my first JML build. Um, he calls it a Jay's right for legal reasons, but uh, that's like my number one guitar anymore. And it's, it's, it's more or less a neck through Maserite with some pretty extreme contours on it. But that's, that's one of my favorites lately. Yeah. You just did up a, uh, one of those with uh, Limba Top. Yeah, that's or, actually we re, uh, we reverse that body style, so it's it's re, like a Maserite is like a Strat style. Oh yeah, but I'm looking at it now, and yeah. offset. The and lower horn actually, is usually longer, but on yours it's uh, right. So we flipped it back over um, at the, the client's request. That one was actually that was a giveaway that I did for hitting a thousand followers on Instagram. So when I hit a thousand followers, I had a little little contest. You could tag your friends, and uh, I gave away a guitar body and some T-shirts and stuff. So the grand winner, Daniel, there was uh, lucky enough to go through the whole concierge process, and that's what we came up with. Cool. That's awesome. And that was not that long ago. That was in May, right? Yep, yep. That's uh, a couple months back, and then I shipped that one just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, cool. And we got to talk about what I've been calling the Hulk burst. Um, your, your kind of collab build with JML, uh, the first one, I guess. Yep. That's, um, that's the first one. That thing, man, it looks aggressive and sexy at the same time. It's a, it's a pretty wild one. I mean, the body shape is, is doing its thing. It's doing what it's supposed to. But as soon as I, I took these bodies over to Jay, they were all done and finished, and I actually made some of them kind of like mock-ups just to put pictures out on my site, my Instagram, as examples of, you know, the shape and my work that I can do. And as soon as Jay saw it, he was like, oh, I'm going to color it. It's like, okay. <laughs> had no idea what he had in mind, but he just had like an immediate vision for it, and uh, it turned out awesome. It's kind of like Dime Slime-inspired yellow, green, got some blues in there. And uh, I watched him color it with alcohol inks, man. He did it in like five minutes, like it was nothing. And I would sit there and contemplate over a burst, like, is there too much color here? Do I need to clear it up there? <laughs> He's just like, whoosh, 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 and it's done, you yeah, know. So some, sometimes we're our own worst enemies. I know that, like, I am, I'm, I'm definitely the kind of person to sit there and just like overthink a thing that could be done in just minutes. <laughs> yeah, if I could get out of my own head. I am so disappointed that I'm colorblind. Oh no! <laughs> what does it look like to you? That's, yeah, I mean, I'm struggling. I get. I don't know. I just basically see the center part of the coloring. And Should I, I do really, like a red blue one then? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I really, but I now I'm, if I focus in really hard, I can kind of see the blue on the outside of the burst and the little green in the bottom, kind of 
upper belt, I guess you would call it, at the back of the guitar. But I, it does it doesn't look like a crazy unique verse to me. Darn! Until I really look hard at it, color blindness. Yeah, it's <laughs> talking about. I'm going. I don't get it. <laughs> if you check out the the neck on that one, there's some really cool. I think it's like abalone inlays that they did, but it's got some like green, blue, and yellow flecks that almost tie into that burst really like perfectly. Cool. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, those necks were made by uh, my buddy Thomas. He's a real longtime friend from way back when. And uh, he used to be in some bands with Jay too. So again, we're all in the same circle. And uh, Jay actually kind of took Thomas in recently the last couple months as more or less his apprentice. So these collaborations that we're doing um, it's kind of extra special because my buddy Thomas, I made the body and then Jay colored it. And then Thomas that actually made the first four necks that he ever made are all for these collaborations. So all the inlays and fretboards and everything are kind of his first batch and foray into Luthery. So just makes the collabs even more special. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I have a, a question. I'd like kind of to take your, pick your brain on the, uh, the choices that I made with my bass being fan fret and um, kind of shaking up the the standards of, of a parts caster, quote unquote, parts caster build. Um, what kind of challenges did that really bring? And then I apologize for me, for me not thinking it through when we decided on the next first. And then, um, you know, what did you face? And, and is that something you would do um, for clients in the future? Yeah, yeah. The multi-scale builds are definitely different. They're not your traditional parts caster style. Like when I think of a parts caster, it's like I've got a bucket of Fender parts and we're going to Frankenstein together a guitar, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, you're not going to find a bunch of like hip shot individual saddles and stuff like that. So it is more of what I would call just like a full-blown custom build, which I'm I'm capable of, I'm, I'm comfortable doing it. But as far as the differences, um, the, the scale length is the measurement from the, the bridge, the line of intonation to the nut. And with multi-scale, it's just offset. So the math is a little bit different for the way things have to line up. And uh, Trevor from Vigilant was super cool about helping me. Like, I, I get the basic concepts, but he was really good with helping me actually apply everything with what needed to be done. Um, I'm kind of learning with how to use like a, a laser cutter. So different types of computer programs and how to manipulate the files to make templates and stuff like that. Uh, he basically helped me to where we could draw it all out on a computer. So there's no physical, like making sure any lines match up. It's all done digitally. And then we just cut a template, line that up with the center line on the body, and then just kind of go off the template from there. So once we've got the numbers figured out and the lines drawn where they need to be, it's really not not too difficult compared um, as a pair with most of the parts caster stuff that I have. I already have a template made up for, you know, a, a standard kind of hip shot bridge or a, a, a goto or a tunematic or something like that. So I just basically had to make fresh custom templates for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and it was, that's why it was, I sent them along with the. Package. I know. I was just gonna say it's super cool that you sent them along because that's gonna turn into studio wall art. Yeah, you know, like it's just it's, it's pretty cool that you sent them along. Um, I don't think I'll be using them for anybody else's builds, so you're more than welcome to them, buddy. Perfect. Well, I'm I'm hoping that at least having you know because I think with the 
the reverse, the non-reverse uh, Firebird body that we used, and even and Al's body too. Those were not common shapes that you had kind of in your arsenal at the time when we were talking about it. So uh, you will be kind of offering those shapes to as as templates that customers can can purchase down the road, right? Yeah, I've got like six or eight shapes initially that I started off with offering. And uh, they're just templates that I had already acquired from doing my own builds and things like that. Um, and they're just a good starting point, the outline of the body and a center line. And then from there, I can figure out your scaling, your configuration, and I can kind of hodgepodge another template together to make, you know, one-offs based off of that. So uh, that, that was my starting point. But then I also worked with a couple other designers to get things going. And I've got six or other six... No, I've got eight other templates, actually. A couple of them I haven't even opened up yet um, that I haven't even really gotten to. So I've got shapes in the works that aren't even posted on Instagram. Ooh, that's exciting stuff. <laughs> but uh, as far as, like, clients coming to me, if there's something specific that you want, uh, barring any kind of crazy legal territory, I don't want to do an exact replica of anybody because I'm not trying to get sued for, you know, copycat stuff, but we can make something inspired by just about anything you can come across. That's cool. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, so I'm at this crossroads again. Casper. I, I want to keep asking questions, but I also got to wrap up an episode. Yeah, I know. Why? Time is finite. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Gary. You there? I think I lost you. No. Oh, did you lose us? I don't know. I did. Well, you're back. I'm back now. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I was I was just rambling about. Um, I'm kind of pouting that we have to end the episode, but <laughs> 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 she didn't miss much other than me just kind of casually whining. It's commonplace, which you know we've we already, we've we can do another one. <laughs> I'm busy, but I can squeeze another hour in sometime. Well, be I awesome. hope so because uh, we do want to we do want to talk to you again, man. Um. And felt, although I don't want it to take this long, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've been like, how long is it, like, how we've been talking? It's been like almost a year. If not more. If, yeah. If, you know. I and, mean, I apologize. I'm I'm pretty sure I've probably turned you down five or six times. But, <laughs> I mean, it was never with any kind of malice or bad intentions. It's I know. Always that's just what I agree. <laughs> if, it, if, if there would have been any of that, we wouldn't have asked you the second time. <laughs> <laughs> or the third or fourth, fifth, sixth, twenty yeah. seventh. Uh, no, and I'm 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 really glad it worked out. These builds are going to be amazing, and the the other I don't want to give stuff away, but the other people that you guys have uh, working with us just really blew my mind. Like the fact that I'm just kind of getting started within the first year or two of, of trying to make a name for myself, and the the folks that you're pairing with on this stuff you is can, just you can you talk can about any of it. We've we've, we've kind of yeah. divulged the whole thing. All right, cool. Yeah, so Trevor was amazing. I mean, we talked about him already a little bit, but uh, Indra Guitars, designs that you were showing me for the pit guard, just, I mean, you're you're putting me up there with some world-class people, and, and I really appreciate that. Well, so, thank you, guys. We we appreciate the opportunity to, to work with you, man. Mm -hmm. You're, in, in our minds, you're just as, you're just as important as any of the people involved. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Just getting started, there's a lot of, like, borderline imposter syndrome like should i really be doing this can i make this a thing and uh it's it's cool having support from you guys i really appreciate it wow thanks man. yeah man this, this whole month i've taken off from 
from my job to uh, kind of see what it would be like to make this full time. And I've figured I can put out about two or three guitar bodies a week, some extra projects. So it looks like it could be pretty viable as, you know, a legitimate deal. Like I could make this my, my gig as long as I can manage to keep some orders coming in. And uh, the support from you guys is just, like I say, it means the world to me. Well, dude, we're, as far as we see it, man, you're an absolute legend and we love you to bits and you're a great dude. It's not, we've had, nobody who's been on the show is somebody that we don't think is doing something cool. Totally. But, you know, we do make friends with everybody that comes on the show and some of them are, we, we, you know, like any group of friends, some of them you're closer to than others. And you're one of those guys that for us, you're just somebody we consider like a real close one and you know, anything we can do to help keep, keep you going and keep you succeeding is we're going to do that. Yeah. Appreciate that, man. And I think the, the feeling is, is mutual too, because we're not exactly the, the most, we're not the biggest or most established podcast in the world um, by any right. And, and having your support when, when we started talking about doing these builds and, and kind of supporting the parts caster community as a whole, um, you know, you were, you were one of the first people or you were the first person that we, that even showed any positive interest in doing it. And you were the first person on board. So you that, said yes, six months before I got anybody else to say yes. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> so that shows right there that you're committed to, to, supporting others as well, not just, you know, yeah. building your brand and making a business out of it. Um, yeah. You know, we're, you, you are a part of the grand community of, of guitar and culture and things exactly what we're trying to, to support and, and to bring attention to. So um, kudos to you, man. Like we're, we're just two, two, as we've called ourselves before, two beefcakes in a basement. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, uh, you, uh, oh, that's hearkening back to an oldie. Yeah, that was an oldie. That was uh, Dion. But, uh, uh, was that Dion or yeah, was that Arjun? It was Dion. It was Dion? Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're doing great things, and, and we want to be able to support you, and we're stoked that you got on board to support us in our kind of goal to bring bring attention to the community like and bring everybody together like this. I appreciate that. I think podcasting is really important or just for a lot of reasons. I mean, whether it's gear stuff and music like this, uh, there's, I listen to podcasts more than I listen to music in my free time. Really just, I feel like there's, I get more out of it as far as like information. And I, even if there's not somebody next to me in the room for the last year, like hearing you guys or somebody else like talk and converse as if they were there is just, I don't know. There's oh. some sort of mental relief that happens from that. I feel like, oh, thanks, but man. as far as like starting my own business, um, I, I, it, this all kind of came from initially being furloughed from Best Buy when all the stuff went south uh, with, with COVID and whatnot. And we got let go and the company tried to take care of us as best they could, but it got to a point where they just put us on unemployment. And uh, I, I made two guitars within about two weeks. They were mostly started, but I had nothing to do with my time other than to focus on what I wanted to. And I put these things out really fast. And then I also got really good responses from them and I uh, was just motivated to file an LLC and get started and uh, listening to a lot of podcasts with just story after story of people saying, I started tinkering with a pedal or I started doing this and my friends wanted to buy one. And next thing I know I've got a business and uh, a lot of the inspiration has come from you guys 
putting those kind of stories out there. So that's awesome. Crazy sounding to me. That's absolute craziness to me. Yeah, and, it's and, what happened. Uh, no, it's it's crazy because it's like, oh, how the heck could we possibly have any influence? Uh, the imposter syndrome is real up here with us. Yeah, man. totally, man. Like, <laughs> we, we get that. <laughs> we, nope. There's been a couple of guests, and I don't want to single them out because that would be really unkind. But there's been people who've come on the show who've, who've said, like, you guys are professionals. You know, you guys have a big influence. We're like, what the hell are you talking about? We don't. <laughs> like, yeah. Just like, how did you get that impression? We're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, you'd, you'd be surprised even if you guys aren't, you know, getting into the weeds on something really technical with guitar gear or you think you're just goofing off or whatever. Like, you're you're doing good stuff for people. So oh, thanks, it's things thanks, people man. need to hear. Ah, uh, I, I, I looked up, by the way, this is totally, this is off. So, uh, this, I'm just doing what I do here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sidetracking. Uh, you're right. It was beefcakes in the basement. Uh, I know. So 22 with <laughs> guitars. I know. I got it confused with bicep, bicep bros, bros yep. which was our episode with Arjun. And, and I remember those things off the top of my head and I don't know why. I, I, have, I, like I've said, uh, I'm sure about a thousand times at this point, I have the memory of a goldfish with, with a head, head injury. injury. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And I got a sex master nickname, so yeah. I got off. <laughs> well, I, uh, forever in the annums yeah. of time. There we go. It's out there. I'm going to wind up on a list somewhere. I think. You were, <laughs> you were, <laughs> it's a little watch list. Right next Why am I not allowed within 500 feet of school zones anymore? <laughs> oh, that stupid podcast. Um, <laughs> it, uh, but I want to say, like, of the nicknames, though, you got High Lord. Gary Vaughn, Sex Master. We know, we know, yeah, we were just Casper and I were just lords. You were high lord. You, you got the ranking over us, man. Put me on a pedestal, huh? Somebody's got to be in charge, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Can't leave it to us. <laughs> it's it's not me, guys. I hate to break it. To you. Well, okay, listen. You want to leave it? You want to leave? Okay. I mean, his nickname is Loin Shredder. You want to leave that guy in charge? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't want to get in his way. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, can, can I okay. argue with him? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> You're like a dog uh, with a bone. You just <laughs> uh, <laughs> can you, uh, listen, uh, can, you would have loved me as a stand-up comic, okay? <laughs> I've been to like 15 of your shows and yeah, I, I definitely would, I, you know, 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> I miss doing stand up comedy. I should, I, I should revisit that a little bit. See if I still got the chops. Uh, um, Reggie Watts got started. I don't know. Didn't they kick him out of his band for doing stand up comedy? I don't know much about Reggie Watts. I don't know how he got started and stuff. So I, uh, Oh no. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was cracking jokes behind the keyboard and they didn't like it. So he just, uh, started doing his own thing oh <laughs> okay well, luckily for me i'm a solo performer yeah, so can't get kicked out of that band yeah <laughs> i'm solely responsible for everything my career has come to <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh man i have no one to blame <laughs> all right okay okay i'm <clears throat> professional mm. uh gary where do people best find you? 
you can hit me up directly uh, on Instagram at Fartscaster Concierge. I also have a website, www.fartscasterconcierge.com. Um, if you check out that homepage, there are some links to click on for build requests if there's something special like a custom build or just a guitar body you're looking for. And uh, hit me up. That'll get things started and we'll go from there. Awesome. Possum. This is rad. Hey, dear listeners, this is a good opportunity to remind you that you can be anything you want to be. You can make yourself, much like a parts caster guitar or a terrible nickname, you have the reins of your own life. So go live it. And with that, we're going to take off. See you next week. Yeah.